Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. some some pretty big milestone episodes in the run of this show that have been uh all about beer Mm -hmm. we memorably talked about pitchers as a serving vessel we did an episode on on 40s uh we even did science which is not something i imagine any of us thought was going to happen on this podcast ever uh when we did a, a blind taste test oh, of, yeah. of cheap beers. Yeah. Um, but somehow we haven't done that topic to death. So we're, we're back to talk about beer again. And Pierce, I think you, you brought us our topic this week as happens fairly often. So maybe we should just let you sort of walk us into this one. So I think that, that we're, we're going over today is really um we're celebrating american ingenuity um i think that america uh is known for its inventiveness uh, especially around beer i mean going all the way back to people like anheuser-busch and uh, a lot of times they they had lunches and you'll see this in ken burns prohibition documentary you would have lunches in cities yeah well you'd have lunches in cities and they would have uh basically promotions where you would get, um, you know, food and beer, and, and one of them would be free. But the idea is you would start drinking their beer um, with this free food, and, you know, you'd get kind of hooked onto it and remember it because you also got this free lunch or, or, or whatever. But that's 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 always been going on. I mean, bringing in people for, for pitchers or, or whatever the case may be, um, you know, canning beer, having the pop tab, all these great innovations around beer that we see in other places too. But, you know, the reason this topic hasn't been done to death, uh, and, and that is another, there's, there's actually another innovation there, Sean, that we will get to because it's related and you're, you're holding one of them. But um, I think something since we've really started this podcast that has come about is this, I joked before we started and called it near beer. But what it is, is this promulgation of these low calorie, um, low ABV beers that the idea is you can drink all day or have four of them um and they're low abv and they're low calories so you don't feel like totally bogged down or or fuzzy because you've been drinking a seven percent ipa or a nine percent stout or or whatever you normally drink um and they really exploded on the scene i think this year and uh maybe last year too and what i wanted to discuss today is kind of pump the brakes on it and go what is this do we like it was it a good idea so first, let's pump the brakes on that intro and make very clear that this promulgation you're talking about is not of light beer no, writ large. It's not. You're, what Correct. you're talking about is specifically American craft breweries starting to brew low calorie, yes. and and I think a lot of them 
at, at least a lot of the ones that have been in this current wave are kind of low calorie IPAs mm-hmm. that are trying to capture some of the flavor of mm-hmm. um, heavier hitting brews. So, so that I think is very important because as you pointed out, yeah, I am drinking the original light beer of L I T E light of the world Miller light. Uh, and you know, I, I think when we talked about this as in preparation, you kind of posed this, you posed this question of like, what is it? What's the point? Um, and I would argue you explained it perfectly when you set the whole thing up. It's something that you can drink four or six or eight of without getting shithoused. It's something that should you be a more kind of calorie conscious person, but someone who still wants to get their drink on, like that's something that you can do. Um, And frankly, it's something that you can drink if you don't necessarily like Imperial Stouts or super hoppy IPAs, which like, you know, I I know that we, we kind of live in our, our East Coast uh, quality craft brewery bubble, but a lot of people don't like that stuff. So yeah, uh, I, I have been approaching this from the perspective of like, the value of these things is self-evident, so self-evident that I don't know why anyone would question it, but I think I'm sort of relatively on an island with that point of view. So I think that, uh, you know, Max, I'm going to get to you, Kevin, because I think Kevin has the strongest feelings about it. I'm going to let him just simmer in his in his rage a little bit as I as I sip my own uh, kind of nearish beer. But but Max, maybe you have a more nuanced take on this. Well, well, right off the bat, I have a bit of a question because Sean said there's people that don't like hoppy IPAs, but it sounds like we're talking about low alcohol hoppy IPAs. So, okay. So, so why would those people like these either? It doesn't sound like these are created for those people. I, I think it's maybe less about they don't like the style than about they don't like drinking two beers and then, like, having to be carried out of a brewery. Yeah. And I would say, as someone who is drinking one currently, what, what happens with these stylistically, and I've had a few, no expert, but you get some hop taste, but there's not that much else going on. There's also one that I had, which is called, um, uh, shoot, but it's by uh, Port City in Alexandria, and it's more of a golden lager. So it has a little bit more body to it because it's got that going on or or some kind of ale, but it's not these strong, big flavors, and it's not something that's going to sit on your tongue, but you will see you will experience some some hits of flavor like this one definitely has a big citrus bite at the end but that's it it doesn't it doesn't resonate or or sit so i see how it could be appealing but also might be appealing if you're someone who's used to more of the hard seltzer type of thing it's it's more essenced than um you know uh really strongly tasting a certain way okay so then i guess my take on this would be that I appreciate the correction in the beer industry. I I really like IPAs, and I really like double and triple IPAs. And there was a I, I think there's always a place for my Bud and Miller lights. There's a time when I want to drink those, and there's a time when I want uh, IPA or something like that, which is kind of my go-to. Um, but it, it has gotten trickier uh, more recently. Maybe it's as I get older, 
where all you can find is these these eight and these nine percent IPAs. I think one of my favorites from Commonwealth is the Big Poppy. It's one of my favorite beers, but I think it's like eight point two percent. And so this may be an overcorrection from that because for a while I was saying, oh, I wish there were there were beers that I could I could drink a few of and not be you know tanked. And so I appreciate that correction, but then maybe it's an overcorrection. Like I think I, I mentioned this at the beginning. I'll say it again. Like Founders All Day IPA is like 144 calories in a 12 ounce can. I think it's 4.7 or 4.8 mm-hmm. ABV. So it's like only a little bit stronger than like a Buttermiller Light. Um, and I feel like that has definitely a place in my um in my fridge. But uh, I think maybe we're even talking about lighter stuff, which I, I haven't had enough of. I'd like to try it. I think it's interesting. So I'm not mm-hmm. like – maybe I'm right in the middle like you said, Pierce. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's my, my, my take. I'll try it. and But it sounds like maybe there's been an overcorrection from like the 9% double IPAs. Well, so uh, where, I, where I think I would quibble with overcorrection is that like those things aren't going away. They're still – like Commonwealth didn't stop brewing Big Poppy to make – a 3.6 ABV session IPA. You know what I mean? Like those things are yeah. the if you want to get you know cracked across the chest with a beer, you can still do that. And there are I think there are some middle points, you know, it's not like it's certainly not low calorie or anything, but something like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is you know one of the kind of iconic American craft beers of history and it's like the low to mid fives. Um, that one is more like, what's your tolerance for beer tasting like a pine tree? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, so for me, I, when I think about like, what, what's the purpose of this, you know, I, I did a little looking before, uh, before we started recording today and found uh, an article from like Food and Wine where the, uh, the founder of Dogfish Head who have one of these beers called Slightly Mighty, uh, basically made it clear that one of the big pillars of this is that it's a way for craft breweries to compete with Bud Light and Miller Light, And I, I can really appreciate that. And he's, you know, he said Anheuser-Busch came on our turf by buying up craft breweries across the country. You know, this is one of the ways that we can sort of hit back and get on their turf because, you know, it's, there's clearly is a segment of people that want kind of a a low calorie, light, refreshing beer. That's not going to weigh them down, but they also might be people that would rather support a craft brewery than Anheuser-Busch. So like having that option for them, I think is pretty like a no brainer, good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and a note to extend on that, I th- I would shout out. Um, there's a brewery near Boston that has a few locations called Night Shift, and they make a beer called Night Light that tastes yes. pretty similar yes. to a Bud Light. But you can get <laughs> a tall, so f- a four pack of sixteen ounce cans for I believe five dollars. <laughs> nice. So it's like oh, yes. so it, right there where it's like oh, I want to maybe you're in the mood to you know I'll say heavily drink Bud Lights or that kind of mood but you can choose to support night shift instead. And you could say it's, it's better. Oh, it's better than Bud Light, but it's not, it's not significantly no, different. It's, not. it's their version of that type of beer. And so in that respect, I actually really appreciate that that exists. And is at a price point where it's like, Oh, I'll pay an extra at the end of the day. It ends up being less than an extra dollar per, you know, mm-hmm. 
perks, essentially six pack to support a small brewery over a giant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, all that said, um, which we've kind of opened the door to, oh, maybe this is a good idea. Kevin, I think you're not as inclined to this Shut being a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start off by saying um, I I really do appreciate the nightlight. It it is a great option. That's not what I have an issue with. And they have limelight My, too. I have to point yeah. that out. My issue is with these uh, the the IPA versions of them. So like, it's not a session IPA. It's it's this. I, I don't know. It's just it's a weak IPA. And to me, there's just no place for me. Like either I want the Miller Light or Night Light, or I want um, a Corona, or I want like a a harpoon slash 60 minute IPA, or I want like the shit face 9% IPAs. There's no space where I want this like 4% IPA flavor for the same. And I guess the big, the big, uh, the big thing with it is that unlike the nightlight, you don't really get, um, it, you're not getting the macro beer prices. So it, it just feels to me like if you go to a bar and you see these, you're still going to be paying six, seven dollars a pint, and to okay. me that just doesn't make any sense. Okay, so we arrived at the very key point of this whole thing when you said there's no place for this for me. I, I would venture to say, and I don't, I don't know how craft brewers think. I've never brewed beer before. I don't aspire to do it. Um. I bet if you asked them, they would say it's not fucking about you, that you're not the point. So, so that's that's you know, you're expressing a preference. Your preference isn't wrong. Sure, <laughs> preference can't be sure. wrong. But uh, you know, I I think that I think that it's important for us to like to think about this outside of ourselves and say that even though I might not want to drink this, you know, we're all people that want craft breweries to succeed and if brewing these beers opens up the door to a potential market segment that they're not reaching now like i'm i'm for that and like i don't feel the need like i don't have to drink it mm-hmm. you know yeah well i guess what i um playing the uh playing another side of it is like pierce said this is uh america and we've created some great things and you know i think one of these you know this gets into the capitalism argument and to me i feel like breweries are probably just getting into this because they probably make a shit ton of money off of it it's oh, probably yeah. a, it's probably really cheap to make they sell it for the same price as their macro ones and then harpoon they're like oh we need to be able to sell a variety pack for a certain price point how do we do that oh let's throw three <laughs> rec leagues in it right so they do hate that so yeah, this is so. this is from the beer I have is actually from a variety pack that I would also note uh, I really messed up because it also includes a Scotch ale which <laughs> is good but I don't really like uh, it, that, that stylistically and this is personally and then also it has like I think a a ghost which is like blackberry lemonade or something weird so so clearly I I don't know why I did that but. Yeah, I think you've hit on it, Kevin. These innovations are ultimately to make money. And, and the thing we have to understand, 
light beer was done it was such a great idea such a great idea it was to make money because you know of course it's not even about taste but you feel a certain way um when you drink a bud heavy literally called a bud heavy or at least it commonly <laughs> called a bud heavy or or um, bud diesel but, you ever heard of that one or bud no but that's good <laughs> because you you drink it and you feel overly sated and the, the, the smart capitalist thing is get the thing that you want more of because you're not topped off. And I would say that also these markets are not even just the, the light beer markets, but maybe more of the just the hard seltzers have had such success, um, you know, or, or even people who who might ask for a cider because not that they really like cider, but because they don't want the heaviness of beer. Here's the response. You know, here's where you even have stuff like uh you know sean you mentioned dogfish head they've had sequential ale which um sam the founder uh famously i think last year in 2019 or might even 2018 drank it as the only beer he drank for the month of january kind of with these dry urinary dry berries and stuff like that and he lost a bunch of weight because it is a lower calorie beer it's a little bit different it's more like a ghost can you pronounce it again sequential ale yes sequential ale um now, now, uh, did he then switch from that to uh, a milk stout? No, a I sequen- don't. Sequench to a milk stout. It's spelled sequench ale. Correct. But I think it's, it's sequench it's, it's, ale. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's not. Sequential? I don't know. It's sequential. You know what? Sequential. This isn't a grammar podcast. Let's let's stop this. I was on I was on a roll till till you know pronunciation and, and pronunciation shaming came along but it's not public this... speaking class you're fine oh okay well anyways seltzers hard seltzers have been really successful and maybe you don't want to go full bore and make something that is clearly not beer um but I think Kevin I'm I was sort of inclined to feel like you which is this seems kind of silly it's just a way to make money but I do think places like I'm drinking this from Monday Night Brewing and then the Beach Drive Ale, which is from Port City, which is really, really good. And while a 4% beer um, drinks like a full beer, this is becoming, I think, a stylistic challenge. And so there's the innovation from a uh, how do we make money perspective, but this is also could be pretty cool from a stylistic uh, challenge, which is, you know, I mentioned a session IPA. That is a thing. That is a known quantity. You have, you know, lower ABV IB, IPAs, but uh, this isn't the 100 calorie Oreo, which I don't think is really a style, but or the 100 calorie pack of Oreos that don't look like Oreos at all. This is still beer, and this still has a lot of aspects of beer, and different people are approaching it in a way that leaves room for them to perfect it. And I think that that is um, laudable in itself. Shoot for the yeah. moon, join the Space Force. I just, I guess I'm just, I don't think that there's going to be many people who want the light IPAs if they don't like IPAs. So, like, obviously this is anecdotal, but I had a friend who came over and he was like, I asked him if he wanted a beer. I was like, sure. And I, all I really had was like some hoppy stuff. And he was like, oh, I don't really like hoppy stuff. I was like, oh, well, try this Rec League out. And he like took one sip of it and just like gave it back to me. <laughs> I was like, all but- right. But what if the people that like IPAs already don't want to drink a big poppy every time they want some of that recognizable IPA flavor? And then your brewery of choice benefits 
monetarily from you drinking three times as many beers because you can drink three times as many of them and still stay on your two feet like who who loses so as we were just as we were thinking about this i started to have an issue with that because i on, on the one hand i understand the idea of oh drink a lighter beer and have three of them that's that's really a good thing for the brewery because you're drinking three of their beers versus one at the same time is this not kind of promoting binging? Uh, because you should just have two drinks or whatever, whatever but, but the number why? is. You should just have. Why should you just have two? You know what I mean? Like, and and why? Why is having two seven percent? You know, why is having two seven percent alcohol drinks uh, more virtuous than having? four three and a half percent ones you've consumed the same amount of alcohol like it, it's not I, I don't really i think it's kind of a wild thing to say it's really promoting binging i'm not saying one is more virtuous than the other like having two three and a half versus two seven and a half i'm just saying that part of the marketing here is you can drink a bunch of them and be fine but I, I just that that message makes me slightly uncomfortable. Or or is it just drinking the same number of beers will not leave you as drunk? I, you know, I, I don't. I mean, I think more of the marketing around these things has followed like the Michelob Ultra Ultra track of like beer as the ideal post workout supplement, and that that to me is the thing that seems kind of wild. Uh, yeah, but like. You know, in our in our text leading up to this, you you know you you referred to why not just drink like two more like two substantive drinks? I'm like, well, that that's that that feels kind of condescending to me, and and suggests that these are not it like are necessarily not substantive. And I don't I don't know that <laughs> I, I, I buy think... what you're selling there. No, and that's that's fair. I, I, that's a good criticism because I think what I'm expressing there is for me beer has a certain heft to it whatever style you're having like i if i want an oreo i want an oreo i don't want like a a shortbread cookie i'm give me the whole thing so if you're like oh it's like an oreo but but lighter well i just wanted an oreo so that's a taste thing like kevin right. um in in which case it's like yeah i'm being taste centric there by saying this isn't worth the time i i think that it's worth it and i've thought about it and uh, that was ill-informed well, also, yeah, that it, shortbread I, cookie is probably uh, heavier than the Oreo because it's got goddamn lard in it. Yeah, I, I was, I, I wasn't, that was just <laughs> the first thing that came to mind, which is a looks lighter cookie, but isn't actual. Oh, I think, I think what he means is like, if he's trying not to eat Oreos, he's not going to get like some dairy free substitute Oreo. He's just not going to eat Oreos. No, and, and yeah. he, well, what he's saying is he'd rather eat, you know, two Oreos once a week than like the those hundred calorie oreo packs twice a day and like yeah, yeah of course i i totally understand that and and if if the way that you if the way that you use rec league is to drink 10 beers a day like that's you know what that's a you problem that's 100 percent on you uh and, and I don't think I don't think Harpoon should be <laughs> responsible for that. Uh, so, 
<laughs> I mean, I did. I did have a question, uh, and, and we mentioned the Miklob thing, and and yes. I also mentioned the founder of Dogfish Head, uh, Sam's journey with the ale that must not be named. Part of this is we went over hitting the Celtic crowd uh, and you know innovation there, and maybe it's a style challenge. But also, and Max, I'm interested because I think you've delved into this a little bit before too, but these dry Januarys have gotten very popular. Um, and I think with these lower alcohol beers, like the Michelob thing, it's kind of saying you can focus on health and wellness. You can still be healthy while drinking beer. They don't want to lose people to not drinking alcohol at all. Be it the big companies, uh, the, the macro brewers or the micro brewers, I think that this is a concern. There are always statistics being cited about maybe millennials are drinking less alcohol or being more discerning in how much of it they do. They don't have these macro loyalties and aren't buying a lot all the time. Do you see that at all is, is maybe what this is, these lower lower calorie and maybe more importantly, lower alcohol beers? Um, I mean, there's definitely a, a push in that direction. I was thinking when you were talking about the market for it, I mean – we can look at the market of any kind of food or consumable as a whole. You're talking about these 100-pack Oreos, and it reminds me of Halo Top ice cream and how I feel about that, which is that I'd rather have one scoop of real ice cream a week than eat two pints of Halo Top every hour. <laughs> or just I eat the whole pint of ice cream and feel shitty product. about yourself for 12 hours and right. then move on with your but life. Again, it's very successful and it's not for me and I recognize that. Does it does it make me like the product anymore? No. But I'm not exactly on a mission to get rid of it because any ice cream, I, I guess, is is good ice cream. I, I don't know. So in the beer respects, I, I do agree with that. I think that there's a push for, yeah, I mean, you got these Michelob Ultra, you know, 30-year-old runners that finish a marathon and then drink Michelob Ultra. But then you also have, like, um, I don't know if you're getting, I get ads from, like, athletic brewing for non-alcoholic beer that's supposed to be a non-alcoholic craft beer. Um, so they've maybe kind of overcompensated or they're serving a different market, which is someone who wants the flavor of beer with none of the alcohol. And it's marketed specifically for people that are, that are very, very active. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a general overall push, especially amongst young people, as you noted, to be healthier and more conscious of what we put in our bodies. And so if you're going to think that part of your market is looking at the calories on your beer, um, you know, the, the you start to get into these um, beers that we're talking about now, and that's where you can really, um, you know, you could put those calories on your beer. Anything, I don't think any of these breweries like Trillium's not going to start putting calories on their on their sixteen ounce pints because people are going to realize that a that a four point IPA <laughs> has four hundred and fifteen calories in it, and then they're not going to drink it. So <laughs> yeah. if you can all of a sudden say, "Hey, Rec League, one hundred and twenty calories a can," people can see that number and. And feel better about it. Um, long-winded way of saying, yeah, I, I definitely think there's that's part of it. Um, at least what, yeah. what would drive the market for this. So I think you hit on something there, which is ideally when this is made, you know, if this is a good version, um, it, the people are coming into it. I think there's a the fact that craft brewers are doing it. It is thoughtfully made. It is it is a new style. It is its own thing. It's not the hundred calorie Oreo. It's it's its own type of cookie, and we're keeping that in mind. So it's thoughtfully crafted. See, I bet they put the, I bet they put the intern on it. That's, yeah, that's my thought. Well, I I think it's I think these things ideally are thoughtfully crafted and mindfully enjoyed. You are saying, you know, Sean, to your point, 
I don't need a 7% beer. I can just very, you know, enjoy this thing that is lighter and whatever else, but it's still a craft beer. It is made with the same kind of care and everything else. This isn't just like they didn't take a normal thing and add half water to it. This is a real um, thing. Yeah, and and I'm like, look, I am very much, I, I love craft beer. I love craft breweries. I want them to do well. I want them to succeed. What is the beer that I keep in my fridge most often? It's this one I'm drinking right now. It's not anything from a craft brewery. And that's not, it's not because I don't, it's not because I prefer macro, macro ass Miller Lite over like champion shower beer. It's just because wherever in the world I am, or at least wherever in the US I am, I, I can I can get this. And, you know, I, I I can't always get shower beer. But like I think if I you know I would I would maybe be more inclined to pay the craft beer premium uh if I had some some reliable similar options. I you know I, I think I think it also goes back to you know the marketing and and there's you know there's a lot of connection in the Michelob Ultra style to this you know hustle culture stuff that we talked about last week or the week before where it's like you know it's all about optimizing and all about being able to you know being able to still be at your peak productivity brah even after you've had a couple beers you know at the office um <laughs> and, this, and, is and just so like, my, this is just microdosing. This so is all like, this is. You know, there's some stuff there that I'm not super duper comfortable with, but you know, on the whole, like I I've had that dogfish head slightly mighty. I kinda like it. The Lagunitas version is called Daytime. It's delightful, you know? It's not you know it's not the same it's not exactly the same as drinking a Lagunitas IPA, but like it's ninety percent of it. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, if so, I just if I go to someone's place and they're like, "Hey, do you want a beer?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, cool. I've got some. Uh, I've got some Reckling in the fridge." I don't tell them to fuck off. I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I'll drink it. It's fine. It's good. I'm just. I'm not gonna order it. I'm not gonna sure. buy it." Give me your meat and salt. What is this salt? It's not Himalayan pink sea salt. I'm leaving. No, that's, that's right. not what we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think I am more open to it now and and ultimately sean uh i think you kind of alluded to it i want to support these places because right now being a small business owner is really hard it's always really hard yeah and so if if they've got a new product and they're trying to innovate and show that it has you know a place in the market if all i need to do is spend 10 bucks to help them out and do market research man i'm happy to do that because they deserve it they they tried a new thing and I should go engage with it. Yeah, and maybe the people who do buy these things, they keep my IPA prices down for me. So Boom. my, my, re- my real IPA That's... prices down. Yeah, so. I like that. All right, I'm in. I like that. I'm back in. <laughs> all right. Uh, we've, we've, come, we've come back around to It's All About Kevin. And that, I think, is the appropriate place to wrap up uh, and move on to Pierce is Sorry. So what are you apologizing for today? Well, now that we talked about small business small small businesses a little bit, 
See, now I'm all a flutter because I'm worried that I'm pronouncing everything wrong. But as long as we stay out of the dairy department, I think I'll be fine. But <clears throat> to talk about maybe one of the larger conglomerates around, I, I kind of want to spend some time with Disney really quick. Um, I just went on a, a uh, couch sojourn, which involved watching all of the Marvel movies in order of events depicted um, over the last probably month or so, which... So, really fun. Watched all of the Marvel movies, except except for the Spider-Man movies and the one Hulk movie, because they weren't available for streaming. Uh, Which of the Hulk... ten Spider-Man movies? What do you mean by uh, You know, the two, the two most recent ones, Homecoming and Far From Home. Okay. Um, so, but that, that was fine. Um, so that was, that was really fun. Even the, the first two Thor movies. Um, so... What I'm apologizing for is to to Disney. Um, I only saw a couple of them in theaters. Uh, I am sorry, Disney. You deserve way more of my money. Um, and this is something that I can solve for because uh, I'll just go to all the Marvel movies going forward. I was I was so taken by them. They're really good movies, and Disney deserves more of my money. I am not paying for the streaming of these movies right now. Um, which we'll probably get a letter from Disney now that I've admitted to that. I'm using someone else's account, um, though they were watching it with me. So while I'm getting it free, they are not. I think it actually might be a Verizon uh, promotion. But, uh, yeah, they're they're incredible movies. And I would highly recommend this, this watch through in this order. But somehow Disney still needs more of my money for all the enjoyment I'm getting out of them. Which I feel sort of guilty about, but they're really, really good movies. <laughs> okay, so I don't know about you guys. I personally, I have whiplash from going from uh, we should be supporting craft brewers over uh, over macro producers when possible to saying at least three separate times Disney needs more of my money. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Both of these I, things can I, be I think, true, but I'll, I, mean, I'll I think try that to... ties in together. It's like they're both, uh, you know, both cash cows, you know, just easy money. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll try to hang in. I'll try to hang in there and, and finish the pod uh, with a big idea from pop culture, like we do every week. Uh, and 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 despite the torture that you've been putting me through, knocking my head back and forth, uh, Pierce, you will be happy to know that uh, Night Call has basically become required weekly podcast listening for me. Oh, uh, and uh, f- you know, for for background, if you're not familiar, uh, the the show is hosted by uh, Molly Lambert, Emily Yoshida, and Tess Lynch, who potted for Grantland as girls in hoodies, uh, and then obviously when Grantland folded, uh, that was no longer an option, but they got picked up by iHeartRadio and and transitioned into Nightcall, and now they do. They're in the whole Patreon ecosystem, so you can, you know, you can, you know, do the podcasting equivalent of buying Rec League and support them directly. Um, but I was, I was listening to them today in the car, and they've been doing a theme month about Y2K, and kind of connected all of the uh, prepping around Y2K with. Uh, what's going on now and I just I thought it was great fun uh, that they they pointed out that the the people who are like protesting to reopen the economy 
are, are like the survivalist preppers who theoretically like should be you know kind of enjoying this time except that they were expecting a lawless wasteland apocalypse where they were in charge of everything because they had the guns uh, and instead they're dealing with an invisible enemy that you can't kill by punching it in the dick and so I just you know that was fun for me well, they have have they tried punching COVID in the dick it might <laughs> You should let let's you know someone in power know about that. They might try to, you know, see if it works. Well, I'll I'll run it up the flagpole to our top military official, five star general Dabo Swinney, who talked about how <laughs> since we, you know, kicked ass at Normandy, we can kick a virus's ass. I'm just like no, I mean, that's the... not how this works. It's not how this. I mean, works. he's gonna get some. He's gonna get some uh, good recruits out of that line though. So yeah, they just signed. Clemson just signed. Uh, I think it was Clemson that just signed uh, a like a five star running back who is white, which I I don't remember. That's not compute. The last time I remember that happening was there was a guy from Houston named Sam McGuffey who had like YouTube highlight reels of him like vaulting and doing flips over people, uh, and then he I I did did we forget about Christian go? McCaffrey? I'm looking up his ranking now. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Was he that highly touted a recruit? Pro- prob- prob- probably right. not. I, I don't know. I, I mean, in any case, uh, fortunately, you can you can talk to these people about how to deal with COVID. All you have to do is go four to star. the barbershop because they're star. protecting the barbershop. <laughs> barbershop. I was actually I was I went to the barbershop in uh, in Charlottesville uh, late last week when uh, when they they reopened. I had to make an appointment. I had to wear a mask. I had to answer a whole COVID questionnaire on the phone and answer it again before I was allowed to go into the store. Uh, I had my temperature taken with the thermometer gun. Uh, You know, the whole, the whole bit, it was, it was quite an experience. Um, Thoughtfully crafted, mindfully enjoyed, but just like our locale beers. Right. But you know, at the same time, I think everyone was so happy to be, back that it wound up being a really enjoyable experience even as i was sitting in the chair with a face mask on you know it was a good time so you know yeah it was it felt like a a, a brief hit of quasi normalcy that i hadn't had in a, a few months so that was cool too uh all right that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to our feed on your device and app of choice. If you do that, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Back. Big shit.